Round Guy Radio Sports coverage is brought to you by these great sponsors. Packwood Locker, Girling Repair of Winfield, Iowa. If your mower is dead, call Fred, your Husqvarna and Aaron's dealer. Wayland State Bank, over 90 years of being community-minded, just like you. Located in Wayland, Winfield, and Mount Pleasant. Kyoto Transmission and Repair, specializing in transmissions, differentials, and driveline repair. You need a reliable family car for you or your student. Buckwalder Motors in Wellman has your car. McDonald Boneyard and Auto Recycling in Kyoto and Pilot Grove Savings Bank. Welcome back to Round Guy Radio. Is the Packwood Locker of Packwood, Iowa presents high school basketball. We have everybody's favorite, Scotty Melvin. Welcome to the program. Hey, good morning, Dave. How's it going? It's going great. Uh, we're going to touch on three things. Uh, we're going to go over some of the scores from last night uh, and some of the action. Then we're going to talk about some of the rankings. And then we'll get into some of these uh, playoff uh, matchups you're looking at. So uh, what uh, what game do you want to start with last night? Well, the one I watched was uh, the big one in Fairfield where the West Burlington Falcons were riding, a, what, a 19-game win streak that spans this entire season into Fairfield to face a really tough uh, Trojans team that's been on a hot streak themselves lately. Yeah, I watched that game, too. It was a credible game. Uh you know, uh, I was impressed with Fairfield uh, uh, winning this. They won seventy to sixty-three, but it was a very it was tied at halftime. Uh, West Burlington refused to to get pushed out of this game. Uh, I I feel like this is one of the best teams the Trojans have built, beat all year long. Probably the best team they played all year long, and I don't know um, if West Burlington overall. I haven't seen the stats. You know, if they had one of their better. Um, three-point shooting nights, but they certainly had their, their streaks where they were on fire, and I thought it was going to be really hard for Fairfield to overcome that. And yet, and they kept chipping away, chipping away, and then they did overcome that. Uh, late in the game, kind of stretched the lead out to where I had a different opinion, and I didn't think that West Burlington would be able to shoot their way back in, and they couldn't quite do it. Well, it would be very hard to pick out a player of the game because uh, Max Wheaton played such an important role in kind of uh, – Thornton, what West Burlington uh, likes to do, although West Burlington pretty much did what they do normally. It was just Fairfield just did was so much more. Uh, J.J. Lane played an incredible game, just unbelievable. But I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards Tate Allen because he hit three threes in a row that kind of uh, wound up being the difference in this game. Yeah, and for me it was tough to uh, know – who was doing what all the time except for Max because of his size. He kind of stands out on my tiny phone screen. But without an actual, um, you know, play-by-play, it's hard for me sometimes to figure out who's doing everything out there, especially with the kids are kind of similar size or whatever. So uh, I'll hear the PA announcer a little bit. Um, but going off that, I felt like it was Tate Allen, J.J. Lane, and, and Max Wheaton with great support from their teammates. But – uh, Jacob Lesendorf posted in his, his Twitter report that uh, the, those three kids accounted for 60 of uh, Fairfield's same. points. So it's got to be one of them three. And I, I'm with you on Tate Allen because he did have a really big block. Uh, I don't remember if it was a three-point shot or what, but it was kind of late in the game. And I just thought that the way that West Burlington can shoot the ball, anytime you can contest them or, or, or block a shot that could be a big one for them, that's that's huge. And that play stood out to me in the fourth quarter by uh by Allen 
Yeah, it was a great play, and it was a great game. You know, Tate Allen is always this uh, tremendously above everybody else athletically, but this time, J.J. Lane and uh, uh, Tate Allen have become the partners that he needed to uh, advance. Fairfield is going to be one dangerous team in the playoffs, aren't they? They are because they have those good guards and uh, uh, just a good solid overall team. And they've got a really good big man that can get you 15 rebounds in a game and, and 15 or 20 points with Max Wheaton. And that was something I felt like uh, gave West Burlington trouble. That's the one thing they don't have is a big man. And it's not that Hayden Vandenberg can't get down there and mix it up, but you know, he's not a, he's not a tall traditional size uh, center or whatever. And it kind of, uh, made a big difference i think last night they could not handle max wheat down low um made it real tough for the falcons well i'm going to go out on a limb here and say if not the best uh, max wheat one one of the best rebounders we've got in southeast iowa and possibly the best yeah and I, as always i'm going to leave somebody out especially teams that i haven't seen as much or whatever but I, you got to put him up there with a with uh you know a cam buffington and abram edwards um Cody Graber's really come on. Yeah, Cody well. Graber would be, you know, um, a player kind of in the mold of uh, Max Wheaton is uh, Evan Downlow Vivito. Uh, oh, yeah, there you go. There's he, another one. He's, he's a similar body type, uh, uh, similar rebounding ability, similar uh, in strength of scoring underneath the basket. Uh, but I still think uh, Max Wheaton just a notch above even all those guys, really. He seems a little bit more polished and has a little bit more prototypical size that you'd like in that uh, at that position. I think that's where I give him the edge. You know, he's got the height and the and the, the muscle. You know, and he sure certainly was the demise of West Burlington. That was the he was the one player that West Burlington couldn't figure out all year long. You know, uh, they you know they missed some threes. If they'd have hit some threes down the down the stretch, they probably could have tied that game up. Or, uh, but. You know, Fairfield shot pretty good free throws down the line, too, when they were fouling them uh, to try and save some time at the end of the game. That That's kind of be a, the, the, the difference between winning and losing, too, isn't it? Sure is, and I've, I've seen a lot. I don't know if it's a lost art or what. I've seen a lot of uh, teams do poorly on that end, and it, you look at the final stats and the points that they missed from, from uh, free throw shots that didn't go in made the difference and more. And here lately, two games now, we've seen West Burlington take their free throws against Waco the other night in the Super Conference shootout. And then last night, you saw Fairfield nailing theirs. And, uh, you know, it went the way you want it to go, which is to ice the game. And, and uh, that, that's, you know, hats off to those teams that are that are doing that. Yeah, well, uh, do you have any other scores? Uh... Well, I've got, uh, let me see here, I've got, the KCII scoreboard pulled up and there were some big ones across the state, but I didn't have time to go through all those, those huge games that were played last night. It was a pretty rich night for a Monday um, score wise. Yeah, it was terrific. Um, I know Washington was uh, hosting, I believe Williamsburg last night because my old pal Ed McConnell texted me during that game and he runs uh, some of the, uh, I think he runs the shot clock or something. He helps with the uh, score table there in Washington sometimes when they have home games and he says, man, this Derek Weiskopf kid is something, <laughs> you know, and he's uh, he's Williamsburg star. That's going to go play football for Iowa, but he's a, a super athletic kid. And, uh, you know, there's just tons of highlight videos of him flying through the air and dunking the ball on the internet. Um, but they put it to Washington, man, 77 to 50. So uh, I'm 
I'm not surprised Waynesburg won. They're a very good team. Um, it's another game where I'm surprised Washington let it get that out of hand, though. Williamsburg is one of those uh, uh, ranked teams. Uh, uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe Williamsburg had the number one rated center prospect in the whole nation uh, last year. That's possible. I, uh, you know, they're quality. they've got great athletes here in and year out, uh, especially on the boys' sides of things. So their football team, their basketball team, you know you're in for a fight no matter who's out there, but uh, they mm-hmm. definitely have some standouts again this year. Um, again, I, I'm not surprised they won. It's just that uh, if Washington's going to make a deep run in the playoffs, they can't have any of those nights where they're that that off. You well, know, they're, they're, they're another team that's going to be an absolute nightmare to play. Oh. They, they certainly can be when they've got uh, all, fi- all cylinders firing. Yeah, so uh, hey, I got a score here. I just looked up. Uh, it was something you and I talked about uh, that we were kind of had an eye on. It was Eddie Bill. Blakesburg Fremont uh, versus North Mahaska. Yeah. Eddieville Blakesburg uh, Fremont came out ahead of this one, 66 to 65. Uh, um, those are two excellent teams. I believe Eddieville Blakesburg actually hit the polls this week too, didn't they? They did, and uh, I'll have to scan through them here momentarily. But yeah, they're they're in, and we know they've flirted with that top ten all year, and they're they're a super good team. They. Got some high flyers and, and whatnot. Uh, North Mahaska, I haven't seen them play, but they play in, in your sickle up they there. They do. Uh, uh, we saw them. They, they, they uh, edged a, a Kyoto in a game. It was one of our three losses. But uh, yeah. they got a lot of great players. They got three big guys. Uh, and, um, you know, they're right there on the edge of Southeast Iowa. So they, they will be another team that will be very difficult in the playoffs. And uh, uh, I think they were the one that beat Linville Sully. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think they're the one one team that did that. Um, and you know, one thing I do want to say, Eddieville Blakesburg is a bigger school here. They're they're two A. You know, North Mahaska is one A. And whenever you get those teams that are that good matched up together, my my brain says that the bigger school should win, and that's what happened here. So, but it was very close. So North Mahaska, um, very tough. They must be really good. To they're grinders, out. man. They are just grinders. They they just yeah. yeah they got so many great players and. Uh, they're so well coached, and they're they're distribute the ball so well. Uh, uh, that I, I, my hats off to them for for that game. Uh, Eddieville Blakesburg is a tremendous team. And, yeah. Yep. Well, uh, I got another score here for you. Uh, your your one of your favorite teams around in Southeast Iowa, the Mount Pleasant Panthers, uh, really took it the Atoma Bulldogs, uh, sixty seven to thirty five. Um, uh, Mount Pleasant looked pretty solid last night. You know that. Doesn't surprise me a bit, um, and I don't think Atom was a bad team. I'm not sure what the record is, but I've seen them here and there through Jacob's uh, tweets. You know, having some big wins throughout the year, so I think this is a really high quality win and kind of displays just uh, what kind of tear that Mount Pleasant's on right now, heading into the postseason. They really look strong um, and look to me like they could make a run to Des Moines, you know, and get out of their substate. Yeah, it it was a. Uh... Uh, they just beat a big, I think Des Moines Roosevelt or something. Matumbo just tagged it real hard. Uh, but they play a yeah. tough schedule. But uh, uh, just another, um, another. I think that's twelve in a row for Mount Pleasant. Yeah, something like that. They're on a hot streak, and you know, I, I'm not a, a big fan of anybody being undefeated. So that that made me breathe a sigh of relief last night to see the Falcons, uh, West Burlington, lose. You know, that way they don't have that pressure on them heading into postseason. 
having said that, I don't mind being on a hot streak going into the postseason either, and that's what Mount Pleasant's got going on there. Well, speaking of West Burlington, I believe they have a uh, uh, they have a uh, uh, Burlington tonight, don't they? Yeah, Burlington up next, crosstown rival, another uh, bigger school out of the Southeast Conference uh, to go against. Um, be interesting to see how they come back from the game last night i anticipate that they won't they won't miss a beat and even if they lose tonight this is such high quality opponents that they've got going into the end of the season here uh, two losses for them heading into the postseason that isn't uh the same as it might be for some other schools that you know i don't think it's going to affect their, their ego or their confidence or anything like that well the uh Kyoto eagles uh took down the highland huskies in a boys only game uh 74 to 39 uh Going to eighteen and three, uh, Kyoto has scored in the seventies like almost constantly against everybody. Uh, there, it seemed like that. That was a little tune-up game, I guess. Uh, you know, Highland. I don't know if they won any games this year, football or basketball. But it was uh, uh, our good friend uh, uh, Jeff Mills was there to get us some Kyoto highlights because I'd ask him to oh, try to find some time where he could include those kids because there's a lot of college level players there and uh Kyoto has a tr tough time getting any kind of uh recognition although Jacob Lenzendorf did a tremendous job for uh keeping Kyoto in the news uh uh really thank him for that uh I'll run over some uh, girls scores uh that I got just here on the KCI list and then we'll start talking uh rankings uh the Otomo Bulldog girls did beat Mount Pleasant Panthers uh 47 44 and what probably was a pretty great game uh the Williamburg uh, Raider girls uh, completed the sweep there uh, against Washington with a 46-35 win. And uh, not um, the West Burlington uh, uh, Falcons did get a split with Fairfield as the girls just doubled up the uh, Fairfield Trojans 63-33 there. Um, so that's the scores that we've got from around here. But let's start talking about rankings. Uh, what do we got left in the rankings now? Well, uh, you know, per usual, uh, 4A, you know, really Burlington's our only 4A school, and we know they made it all the way to state last year, and I can't remember if they were ranked at the time or whatever. I think they've flirted with the top 10 a, a few times this year, but they play in a rugged conference, and they're not in right now. As of yesterday's uh, most recent rankings, that's topped by Cedar Rapids Kennedy, the only undefeated team in 4A. So that's the 4A story. Uh, in 3A, of course, we got Mount Pleasant. They're moved up to number eight. 16 and three on the season. Uh, some really good quality teams in 3A. Only one undefeated there as well, Bondurant Ferrar, and they're ranked number one. Going down into 2A, that's where we see West Burlington up to number five. They are 19 and one now, but uh, as of the rankings, they were 19 and 0. So they'd moved up to number five uh, after that big win over Waco in the Super Conference shootout. And Eddieville Blakesburg sitting at number nine. They're only 17 and one. I, I'm surprised that one loss has kept them outside the top 10 uh, this much. But I guess that just goes to show how tough 2A is. And, uh, you know, we've got a mid prairie in there that's lost a few games, but we know could beat just about anybody. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how that, that final top 10 or so shakes out. Um, after the playoffs are all said and done. What, what are the Wilton Beavers anywhere on the edge there? Or? Wilton's been knocked out as well. I, you know, I think it's a case of there's a there's a one team in here and it's um, well two that have lost more than a game. A at A H S T W. That's that one team that I think uh, 
our friends out west rave about for the boys basketball, uh, uh, Bennett Blake. And then sitting at number 10 is Dyersville Beckman Catholic. They've lost five games. So I feel like there's a, a strength of schedule factor being used by those who vote for these top 10s, and I applaud that. Uh, but it's 2A is real tough to crack because there's uh, not very many teams that have lost games, and so if you've lost a few, it's it's going to keep you out of the rankings. Well, I'm sure they're they're a bubble and a very very dangerous team moving forward. Uh, uh, yeah, talk to their but, coach today sometime, I believe. You well, only get eight teams up to state, and uh, you know this top ten. There's a, about another five, six, seven probably sitting outside of this top ten that are real threats to make it into that final eight. Okay. Well, so moving moving down into one A, uh, Waco got bumped down to number five, which I think is uh, okay. You know, they lost a game, but it was against a, a state ranked undefeated two A team, so uh, dropping one spot, not uh, not a big deal. And I think that that's uh, just fine. So they're sitting at number five, nineteen and one on the season. Oral buddies, uh, the Baxter Bolts have come in. They're seventeen and one. They're sitting at number eight. And well, uh, they're a great school, aren't they? Football, they basketball, are. whatever you put out there, uh, Baxter Bolts are are a formidable uh, opponent. They are uh, a lot of quality athletes there right now. Rimson St. Mary's are uh, old Waco nemesis from the state championship football game. They're sitting at number seven. I thought that was interesting. Um, and then let's look at the top two real fast. Grandview Christian, I believe they lost their one and only game in the state title last year. They're led by got a great team but they're led by a seven footer daniel tobalova if i'm pronouncing his last name right that's a cool name uh, he's a lot of fun to watch he's a very slender kid but he's tall and athletic and uh, dunks the ball a lot has a lot of enthusiasm and passion when he plays he, he was uh, he really stood out to me last year watching the tournament they're 19 and 0 ranked number one everybody's favorite to win it all but sitting right next to him at number two the north lynn links you remember them from football they were great yep got a They've got a Waco tie. If you go to uh, Waco and you see the, the name on the court, Bob Homer Court, uh, that was Waco's coach back when I first got acquainted with uh, Waco basketball uh, 20 years ago or so. And is, to my knowledge, still the winningest uh, boys basketball coach in Iowa history. Uh, Bob Hilmer, his son, Mike, coaches Northland, and there's a bunch of his sons that have come through Northland. And I don't know if any of them are playing right now, but the, it's like a factory for basketball as far as small school uh, uh, in Iowa goes. And so Northland, ranked number two, got that Waco tie with the Hilmer family. Um, you know, they're one that I never pick against, even if the other team's got a seven-footer. Northland's probably my favorite to win state, um, but it's it's up in the air for probably a good six or eight teams. Well, what about uh, Linville Solid? We've got so many listeners over there. Uh, they've been ranked. Are they still ranked? They're not. And and I think it's kind of the same thing I talked to about in 2A. As far as I know, they've only dropped the one game, right? Maybe two? I think they did lose another game somewhere. I know North Mahaska beat them. Uh, uh, okay. Maybe somebody else. I don't, it's hard to get the scores from up there. but uh, no, there's, only, there's only three teams. Uh, in the top 10 with more than one loss in 1A. And so there's probably another, I don't know how many teams out there that have uh, no more than two losses or, or maybe only three. And there's just not enough room in a top 10 for all of them. So no, I uh, wish it was a top 20. Of- I really do. You know, yeah. it would be better for the schools that, you know, that were on that bubble. And it would probably be better for the rankings altogether when some of these teams outside the top 10 keep advancing, you know. 
I agree. And then, then I look at the fact that, uh, you know, the state tournament's only going to include the top eight teams. You know, once substate's over, only eight teams get to go up to Des Moines from each class. Uh, so you kind of get a look at who we think are the top eight teams plus two, if you got a top 10. And it would be okay with me to have a 15 or 20, but uh, I don't know how much, uh, you know, how many people are involved in this thing and how much work it is. Uh, it's all going to get sorted out here real soon. Well, uh, speaking of real soon, um, the playoff brackets are out. Have you got a chance to peruse any of that? And uh, could you just select a few games or, or maybe a bracket you want to talk about? Yeah, I'll just go with the brackets that have our uh, local teams involved in. Because if we spread out too much, it'll take forever. And, and uh, you've got to, you know, I can't remember it all, so I've got to pull these up. So I've got two A's pulled up right now, and it's uh, what they call District 11. Uh, sub-state six for class 2A, and that's pretty much got all of our guys in it. You've got in the first round, you might call these play-in games or whatever because uh, the better record teams uh, have buys. So the teams that got to kind of play their way into the, the, the what I'd call the second round, we've got a Louisa Muscatine and Central Lee matchup coming. Uh, these games are on the 13th. I think that's Friday. I could be wrong. It could be next week. I haven't looked at a calendar. Oh, I, I think you're right week. about that. Uh, uh. Um, but anyway, so Louisa Muscatine versus Central Lee. Uh, Louisa Muscatine's kind of on a skid lately, but they're 10 and 10 on the year. Central Lee's 4 and 16. So Louisa Muscatine's got the uh, the edge here as far as record-wise goes, but they, they are sputtering a little bit lately. So that could be an interesting match. And the winner of that will have to go play West Burlington. So it looks then like the thirteenth uh, is a Monday. Yes. Yeah, okay. There you go. I'm I'm way off then. Monday night. That'll start all the excitement. Yeah. Uh, Mediapolis will host Van Buren in a first round game at Mediapolis. Mediapolis also ten and ten on the year. Van Buren. Um, I kind of lost track of them. I don't know about you, but they finished five and fifteen. That's kind of surprising to me. Well, but, uh, uh, they're great player. Uh, can't remember his name right off the bat. Jackson uh, Manning. Jackson Manning has been hurt. Okay. Uh, I don't know if he's quite back yet or not, but he missed several games and, uh, uh, but they lost a lot of close games too this year, but uh, true. And if he's, he's available, uh, we know they're capable of winning just about any game. He he dumped 36 points on new London and smoked him in the uh, earlier this year. So, this, this could potentially be a tough matchup in the first round for Mediapolis, and then the winner of this game's got to go play Albia, who's 12-8 and eight on the season, but Albia's beaten some really good teams this year from our area. Yeah, including so Fairfield. Tough one. Yeah, Moving we, on down. Oh, go ahead. I just say they recently beat in the overtime Fairfield, although uh, uh, Max Wheaton did not play a lot in that game because he got in foul trouble so quick. Okay. That that uh, definitely alters Fairfield's game plan. Um so that, but you know, that's part of basketball, and you've got to be able to overcome that stuff because the playoff time rolls around. Nobody cares. You, you're out your best player. You lose, and that's your season. But yeah, Albia's tough. Uh, they they also beat Washington early in the season in an overtime game. Double overtime there too. Yeah. yeah. The, so they they are very capable of sticking it to a bigger schools. Uh, but um, Minneapolis has has also beat some big schools and, and had some uh, upset wins this season. Yeah, Minneapolis has all the ingredients, you know. Um, when I see their final record, 10-10, and 10, um, surprised me a little bit, but it's also a product of just how tough their schedule is playing in that uh, Southeast Iowa Super Conference. It's just stacked this year, both north and south. So, you yeah. know, 500 in that conference isn't uh, the end of the world by any means. 
And their girls looked awful good in the uh, Southeast Iowa shootout, taking out an undefeated uh, Winfield Mount Union girls team. Yeah, they, they look like uh, – those two teams to me look – you know, I've seen Winfield Mount Union play a few times this year. They look like they were uh, looking in a mirror, and Mediapolis was just doing everything better that night. Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, those are some pretty good matchups. What else we got? Okay, well, we're staying in the same sub-state here. And wait till you hear this. Uh, this is it's just brutal. Mid-Prairie is going to be hosting a game. They are also sitting at 500, 10 and 10 on the year. Just blows me away because they're so good. They're hosting West Liberty, who's 5 and 13. Uh, Records-wise, you'd give Mid-Prairie the edge, but I think West Liberty's had some quality wins this year and they're few uh, victories. So that could be a tough first-round game. And the winner of it gets to go to Wilton. <laughs> So it's just like what a prize that is. Yeah. Uh, who do you, you know, say they're playing? I didn't quite catch that. What's that? Who's Mid Prairie playing in the first round? West Liberty. Okay. Well, West Liberty's had a really good season too. Well, you know, like I said, only five wins on the year, but I feel like uh, what little bits I've I've read about. Well, maybe it's West Branch. I was thinking about. Yeah, and that. I think they may be in a sub-state we'll talk about, too, in 1A. But, you know, you do hear about these teams a bit from Ryan Timmerman, and I felt like West Liberty's not got a bad team. Um, so Mid-Prairie's not probably in for an easy one. And then they got to go play Wilton right after if they get out of there. Yeah, so, Wilton's uh, already had a, a chance to bump them down twice this year. Uh, yep, yep. But sometimes that uh, third time's a charm, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, you don't want to play teams that play you well more than a couple times, I don't think. Uh you know, many football coaches have told you in interviews that when you uh, come out of the winning side of those close games, uh, you're the team that doesn't have anything to work on, and that can be trouble. So we'll see what happens there. Right. Then uh, down at the bottom of this bracket, our, our friends at Cardinal, sitting at 3-16 and 16 on the year, have to travel to Pleasantville, who is 10-9. and nine. And the winner of that game gets uh, Pella Christian in the second round. So that's your sub-state. Your sub-state includes the teams with buys, West Burlington, Albia, Wilton, and Pella Christian. Uh, just a brutal set of teams to try to get through to get to state. Yeah, by the, by the second round of the playoffs, there'll be some busy games there. Yeah, it's uh, I, I had just kind of skimmed through, uh, I believe, the 1A that includes most of our teams, you know, from our area last night. And it was bad enough. But this 2A one, after going through it, I'm just like, wow. <laughs> Insane. Yeah, I'm told there's two brackets that have our teams in it. One is a, a fairly easy bracket compared to the other one. I heard the other one's a bloodbath, the, the one Waco's in. You're talking 1A? Because I'm, I'm pulling up 1A right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess it depends on your, your perspective. But uh, I've got the one that Kyoto's in right now pulled up. Yeah. This is uh, 1A. This will be sub-state number 6, District 11. So the identical uh, district and sub-state to what we just read for 2A. And it's set up a little bit different because each class has got different uh, amount of teams in them or what have you. So you've got that uh, on the top side of this, BGM. You know, not area team against the Cedar Valley Christian team that's won one game this year. We saw them play uh, Winfield Mount Union last week, and, and they were uh, definitely overmatched. Winner of that game will go on to play Glad Rhinebeck, um, who's 18-1 state ranked just ahead of Waco. Uh, they got the bye in that side of things. And then when you move down the bracket there in what I guess I would call the second round, we've got Iowa Valley. 
going to HLV. Okay, um, that'd be a good one. Yeah, definitely evenly matched, I think, there. Uh, and then you've got Kyoto hosting North Tama. So Kyoto comes in at 18 and 3. Three quality losses on the year. North Tama, 6 and 14. This should be a game that Kyoto can win. Nice little draw for Kyoto in the first round there. Uh, home game, too. Yeah. They deserve that for sure. And uh, um, I think, uh, um, you know, if they can just play like they normally play, they should be able to get through that one. I think so. I think uh, they might get challenged a bit, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I think it's a good draw for them uh, to be able to move on to the next round, and they'll have to play the winner of Don Bosco and Bell Plain. Don Bosco 7-14, and 14, Bell Plain 13-9. and nine. I think Bell Plain's the favorite in that one. Um, so that would be, if things go the way they should, Kyoto's second-round opponent would be Bell Plain. Well, uh, yeah, well, geez, uh, uh, we've already handled them a couple times this year. So that yeah. sounds good. It looks like uh, uh, there's a good path for the uh, Eagles to fly uh, close to the sub-state there. I think so. And uh, that's that's the top half of the bracket. Uh, moving down to the lower half, you got Linville Sully. They've got the bye in that, in that part of the bracket. Um, and they'll play the winner of English Valleys or Tri-County. Yeah. And then um, Hillcrest Academy is hosting Regina Catholic. Iowa City. Uh, that should be a good one. Hillcrest 10 and 10 on the year. Regina 8 and 12. It's a winnable game for Hillcrest, but it should be a challenge. This could be a 50 50 game. Mm, that would be a good one. And then uh, next under them in the bracket is North Mahaska hosting GMG. I don't know anything about them. They're 6 and 13 on the year. North Mahaska is 16 and 3. Yep. And then Pekin, the Panthers, they host uh, Monday night Lone Tree. Lone Tree coming in at seven and fourteen. Um, I think they're a decent team. They've taken their lumps against some high quality opponents, and that'll be the case against Pekin, man. Yeah, but Lone Tree's one of the most improved teams and playing really well. Uh, Pekin, sure. uh, uh, that should be a great game. Just uh... so, so if things go to form here, you know, you got uh, what looks to me like a really cool matchup in the second round: Pekin versus North Mahaska. Ooh, that would it, be a good one. They call it the third round, whatever. But uh, yeah. That would be uh that'd be a hot ticket game, I think. I agree. Uh, so super uh you know, I'm not gonna say this one's as this substate's as brutal as the other one that we'll be talking about here in a moment, but uh, definitely a tough one and it's gonna be a high quality team that comes out. <laughs> well Gladbrook Reinbeck, uh 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 Linville, Sully, North Mahaska, Kyoto, uh all I give them all a shot at coming yeah, that. And don't forget about Gladbrook Reinbeck. Well that's the first one I said. But, oh, yeah, you know, they're, yeah, the it's, uh, but any one of those teams could come out of it. Yeah, there's a, there's a good, that's a good quality, uh, 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 and it just seems like good matchups all the way from the first round all the way uh, to the sub-state. Completely agree with that. Uh, I want to go over this one real quick. It only includes from our area. Sigourney, but we can't, we can't ignore the Savages. They've uh, had a fine season. Yeah, 12 and 9, I think. Yeah, so um, starting with that bracket, that's uh, District 9, be Substate 5. Uh, up at the top, Baxter, they get the bye. They will play the winner of Twin Cedars and Moulton Udell, both teams that don't have many wins between them. Um, so likely Baxter comes out of that game. Sigourney is next, and they get to host a home game. So Ooh. that's great. And they're hosting our old pal Southeast Warren. Oh, and really? it should be a good game. 
Well, I'll get a hold of their coach and talk to him. He used to coach at Pekin. Okay. That's a, that's a nice tie-in. And Southeast Warren's 11-8, and eight, you know, Sigourney 12-9. and nine. Both teams that uh, probably played rugged schedules and, and finished with, uh, you know, about 500 records. Uh, no shame in that. And uh, the winner gets Baxter, most likely. Well, that is uh, interesting matchups, and uh, uh, that that'll be that'll be very fun. Uh, I think uh, uh, Sigourney's got a good chance to win at least the first round of this. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, they're slight favorite record-wise. Uh, they'll have to play up to their capabilities, I'm sure, to win it. But yeah, they definitely could come out of this, and you know, they could go on a run. I, you know, we've seen it happen before in basketball. This substate's pretty tough. Uh, not as brutal as some of the others, but it does have an 18-1 and one Moravia Mohawks team in it. You've got the Montezuma Braves sitting at 15-5, and five, also in this one. The Madrid Tigers are in it. They're 17-2 and two on the year. Uh, Mount Ayer, 17-2 and two on the year. So it's a pretty high-quality uh, sub-state. Yeah, uh, so, well, let's get to the, let's get to the, uh, to the meat of the right. discussion. Well, here it is. The uh, as you called it, the bloodbath. Uh, well, you know, this is that's what Andy McGuire texts me. You know what I mean? I I couldn't agree more, and I, I was a little bit sad to see some of these teams all lumped in together. Uh, I think it kind of happened again last year that way, though, and we saw Danville come out of it. Substate four, District seven, Class one A. Right off the bat, our uh, I guess what I've been calling it round one. Maybe they call it a play-in game because we've got buys. But uh, we've got our Columbus Wildcats at three and seventeen. They'll be hosting Highland. Oh. One and eighteen. Highland does have a win on the season. Well, that'd be good, and that, and that'd be very good for the Columbus Wildcats uh, to get a win in the playoffs. I, I would. Uh, yeah. But we'll see you if know, they can. Watched them several times. They play hard. They they. I think they play pretty well. Um, the record doesn't show it, but that was a nice team they've got, and. Uh, they they uh they got a good attitude. I don't know. I like the I like the Wildcats uh, to win this game, and uh, unfortunately for them, they they have to go to Waco and play uh, Monday night if they come out of that Highland game. So Waco, you know, nineteen and one hosting uh, a second round game if that's what they're calling it. Just below them in the bracket, New London and Danville play Ooh. each other. At New London, you've got uh, two 14-win teams going at it. I think New London's beaten Danville twice this year. Uh, I think the, if Kate Benjamin's good to go. Which he wasn't. Uh, I didn't see him play uh, uh, Saturday. Okay. And I, I'm not sure he's going to play. I think he's got a pretty serious injury. If that's the case, um, Danville's got maybe the edge in this one. I don't think they had matched up very well with New London, as good as they are. I think New London kind of had their number this year. Um, so we'll see what Blaze Porter and crew can do. They're certainly capable without Cade, but uh, this this changes things. So it's uh, going to be interesting. Yeah, um, Danville really put it to what I thought was a very good L&M team. Uh, just absolutely destroyed them Saturday. Yeah, I wonder if L&M's got a little confidence issue going or something there because the way they ended the season, it really wasn't, you know, to me, indicate, indicative of, of how good they are because uh, that's a pretty quality team there. And they, they had a lot of good wins and, and uh, uh, you know, everybody likes them. But... And, you know, Danville, I think, is flying under the radar this year. They lost some, some great kids from the team that went to state last year. And you remember me uh, griping about their slow style of play. And I thought this year uh, 
if they did that, you know, they couldn't do it anymore uh, with the shot clock coming in. But they've adjusted nicely. They've got great coaches. Um, I think the Suka brothers are still coaching there together. They were great players at Danville. They're great coaches. And uh, they'll have the, the, the Bears ready. Would not surprise me if they pull this one off, especially if uh, Kate the Blade is not good to go. And uh, whoever comes out of this one will likely be playing Waco in the next round. Well, I watched the the, the new New London play Peak, and, and uh, um, they were surprisingly uh, uh, very effective, even without Cade the Blade. Okay, you know, uh, you saw it with your own eyes, so we'll see. But it was a one point game, you know what I mean? It was a. But then Peking's another team that that's, you know, gosh, I don't know. They're pretty great too. They're going to be a problem for anybody that plays them in the playoffs. Yeah. Because we sound like a broken record, and uh, we're going to continue to do that as we go through this extremely brutal substate here. Uh, so that's the top part of your bracket, the top section. New London and Danville, you know, being rivals too, you got to add that in there. I mean, what a what a matchup right off the bat, and then and then to have to go to Waco, uh, most likely after that, whoever comes out of this game. Yeah, and they, then, they had a when Cade was there, they really played to, uh, Waco very well. Yeah. Um, so there's no there's no gimmies for anybody in this in this particular uh, bracket. So we move down to the next section, and you've got Winfield Mount Union at 16 and four hosting Wapolo at five and 15. Now I don't give Wapolo much chance in this one just because of um, the history this year between you know these these uh, Wapolo Indians versus some of these top tier teams. But I do know Wapolo's got a quality team. Uh, I think they'll give it their best effort. I you know, Winfield Mount Union probably comes out of this game. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree on that. Although, uh, Wapolo is, uh, uh, they're on the rise, uh, and they, they, they did, they were able to beat the teams they could beat. They weren't really able to beat the teams they couldn't beat. Uh, although they did take a loss to Lone Tree, uh, by one or two points there in the uh, Southeast Conference shootout. Yeah, and I think that that speaks uh, somewhat to what you were talking about with Lone Tree being uh, a team that's really improved and and picked up some steam heading into the end here. Yeah, they didn't um, play as good at the beginning of the season as they seem to, but I think most teams after twenty games or so uh, uh, are all pretty dangerous, really. Yeah, it, there's not a lot left to learn after twenty games. That's that's the nice thing about basketball. You can uh, take your lumps early on. It doesn't mean a whole lot. You're still going to get a chance at the end here. Uh, so the winner that comes out of that one, I'm picking the Wolves, if I were predicting, will take on the winner of Burlington Notre Dame and Holy Trinity Catholic. Holy Trinity, 9-12 and 12 on the year, but you've seen them and I've seen them. Um, they're pretty good. Well, there's and a so team that played really Dame. good down the stretch. Yes, yes. And uh, they've ripped off some impressive wins. Um, Burlington Notre Dame kind of flew under the radar. For me, I didn't know much about them. Then, holy cow, we get towards the end of the season here and, and – they're they're beating some big time opponents and they finished sixteen and five. So another high quality uh, matchup here right out of the gate. Moving down uh, below them in the bracket, we've got another play in game. That these play in games look like they take place Friday night, and this one's uh, between North Cedar and Rivermont Collegiate. I know nothing about either of these two teams, but obviously they're on the low end uh, as far as victories go. And for a prize, the winner of that game will play Marquette Catholic. I know nothing about them, but they're eighteen and three on the season. Another high caliber team in the in the substate. Um, moving below them, there's an Easton Valley Midland matchup. Uh, both these teams look pretty good. 
as well. Midland eight and twelve on the year. Eastern Valley twelve and six. And then uh, in the next, in the very bottom part of the bracket here, Bellevue at fourteen and five hosts Springville four and fifteen. And then Prince of Peace fourteen and six. Calamus Wheatland seven and thirteen at the very very bottom of this uh, sub-state bracket in oh. District Eight. So that's that's the whole sub-state. Matchups wise and top and bottom both are pretty loaded. The top half definitely uh, top heavy as far as quality teams go. Did you mention Montezuma somewhere or are they outside of this? Or? Yeah, they were in that last one we talked about. Okay. Uh, they're in the same one, I believe, as uh, Sigourney. Um, and uh, who else was in that? Uh, Moravia, who's okay. only lost one game on the year. But do you know where EBF is playing? They were in 2A, and I did not look at their bracket, um, so I'd have to go dig up which one that is. Yeah, well, anyway, there'll be another team to keep an eye on from Southeast Iowa uh, that should do very well in the tournament. Uh, yeah, they. it's kind of surprising that I didn't see them in the same bracket as, as say, um, oh, uh, Pella Christian, because Pella Christian's in that same sub-state as Wilton and Mid-Prairie and all those other uh, great teams from around here, so... Uh, have to take a look and see where EBF's at. But uh, well, we'll we'll get uh, on Wednesday. Uh, I've got an interview with Jacob Lindsendorf, and I'm sure he'll be able to clear up all that western side of uh, things. And uh, but boy, it's it was a it's a great season, uh, culminating with uh, the beginning of some really great playoffs. I know the girls uh, start Saturday. I'm going to try to be at the uh, uh, call the Waco uh, uh, Kyoto game. Uh, Saturday in the tournament so we'll have that to look forward to uh, and um, anything else you want to talk about before we let you go oh I'd just like to mention this district 7 um, 1a district 7 subs out of substate 4 that's got all of our teams in it it, it just looks like another super conference tournament to me and uh, it, it's going to be a, an awesome thing to watch but man it, it makes you kind of sad too i wish i could have split some of these teams up but it's the way it goes sooner or later you're going to run into the best and if it's early or late that's the way it goes man so yeah, good luck well, to everybody. that's what the playoffs is it's time to play the good teams you know yep. and uh uh there will be uh, a lot of uh, good teams uh on the sidelines after the first round or two um that's a, that's a fact so well, thanks, Scotty, for being with us. I uh, hope you're enjoying the, the weather down there, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you when you get back. Yeah, I'm down to about three weeks uh, before I return to Iowa, and I hope uh, I can bring some warm weather with me. Well, uh, yesterday was a nice uh, day, but it was windy, and, and it, it kind of took the, the, the warmth out of the air. But today uh, looks like another good one, actually, and uh, it was a lot of less wind, so... Well, thanks for being with us, Scotty, and uh, we'll keep up with you as these playoffs get rolling. Yeah, I'm excited to see these games. Uh, it's going to be hard to pick which ones to watch on, on a tiny phone screen, but I'll do my best. All right. Well, <laughs> maybe we'll all chip in, and uh, I'm going to start a GoFundMe so we can get you one of them Roku TVs, you know. <laughs> I've got one at home in Cedar Rapids. <laughs> Should have brought it with me. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for being with us, Scotty. Anytime. This Round Guy Radio sports coverage has been brought to you by these great sponsors. Packwood Locker, Girling Repair of Winfield, Iowa. If your mower is dead, call Fred, your Husqvarna and Aaron's dealer. Wayland State Bank, over 90 years of being community-minded, just like you. Located in Wayland, Winfield, and Mount Pleasant. 
Kyoto Transmission and Repair, specializing in transmissions, differentials, and driveline repair. You need a reliable family car for you or your student. Buckwalder Motors in Wellman has your car. McDonald Boneyard and Auto Recycling in Kyoto. And Pilot Grove Savings Bank.